Hey guys, Pastor Bob again with uh, not a message, just a thought, something I wanted to communicate with you guys at this time while we're all kind of stuck inside. Uh, a lot of times in these times we'll talk about Hebrew words and I want to talk about another one today. Today's an important one, it's, it's the word Shema and um, it has a lot to do, has a lot of meaning and power in the Old Testament and even in the New but before I get to that, I was reading the other day, and I, I read a guy who was talking about how words are like suitcases, uh, and we, we communicate um, through this, these suitcases, this luggage. We try to communicate our thoughts into other people's minds. And so we pack meaning and nuances and everything in these, uh, in a sense, these suitcases. And in the English language, we have a lot of words, uh, a tremendous amount of words of suitcases, as it were. Uh, over 100,000, but in biblical Hebrew, they only had 4,000 words. It's a tiny fraction of what we have. And so when we uh, con consider how we're going to interpret Hebrew, we have to understand something. Uh, they get a lot more out of words than we do. Their suitcases, in essence, are bigger. Uh, they're deeper, they're wider, they're more spacious, they have more meanings or more opportunities for meanings to go in different directions. So oftentimes as we study Hebrew, and even in the New Testament, although it's in Greek, we, that's a Hebrew culture in, in the four Gospels, um, when we unpack ideas from the Hebrew suitcase, it's often, we have to be very careful about uh, understanding the context, the overall context, because that shapes the meaning of the word Hebrew paints in very broad brush strokes, as it were. And so as we study Hebrew, we have to understand that context is a huge thing that determines how words are interpreted, how words are translated. Um, Jesus often would conclude teachings with, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, what is he saying when he says that? Is he just speaking about the, the mere physical idea of words, of noises impacting your eardrum? Because we tend to think of that way. We tend to think of hearing simply as taking in sound. But when we study the Hebrew word shema, what we're talking about is it, it means much more than that. And that's the Hebrew word for hear, often translated here, is the word shema. It's S-H-E-M-A-H. But we kind of drop the E as we pronounce it. Different people pronounce it different ways. But we begin to understand with a word like that the incredible amount of meanings that are involved, the different shades that come out in context. When the people uh, in early in Genesis were starting to build the Tower of Babel, we've talked about this before, the ziggurat of Babel, God thwarted their plans by confusing their language. In Genesis, Genesis 11, 7, it says, come let us go down and confuse their language so they do not understand each other. Now, here, the word understand is the word shema, to hear. And so we see now that broadens it. It has this idea of understanding. Uh, when Sarah came up with a plan to solve their infertility problem uh, by having uh, Abraham s sleep with her handmaid, Hagar, it, said, uh, it says, so she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to what Sarah said. Now, where it says agreed, literally it means Abram heard the voice of Sarah. So now we have this idea of an agreement that comes from this word Shema. And Abraham agreed with her. Joseph, when uh, Potiphar's wife was trying to seduce him, he says it says that he refused to do what she asked. Now we have this idea Shema is used as a refusal, a 
a, it's the word for hear, but it's the word for to not hear. In other words, he, def, he, made, a, he made a decision not to listen and to do what she said. Oftentimes in Scripture, different times, we hear that angels announce the Lord has heard someone's prayer. That doesn't mean that God just got the news. It just reached his ears. It means that he is responding to their prayers. So we see now this word Shema, this word for here, is beginning to have multiple ideas on uh, progressions of actions, in a sense, that is involved in the word. Now, that happens to us. I can remember when my kids were little, and I would say, clean up your room, and I'd come up in an hour, and the room hadn't been cleaned, and I would say, didn't you hear me? Are you deaf? Did you not listen? Now, what am I saying? I'm coupling hearing with doing. That's normal for us. We see that. I'm making the assumption that their ears are connected to their hands and their feet, and they do things because of what they heard. And if nothing happens, there's something wrong. And so we have this progression in Hebrew for the word Shema. It has this idea of hearing. It has this idea of listening. It has this idea of understanding. It has this idea of doing. All that progression is wrapped up in that word, and context helps us interpret how we're going to uh, how we're going to. Uh, see what it means translated into English. In Deuteronomy eleven thirteen, God says, So if you faithfully obey the commands I am giving you today, to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, and it goes on. He's saying if you faithfully obey. Now literally it means, it literally it says, if in hearing you will hear. In fact, all the places, almost all the places in the Old Testament where the word obey occurs in English, it is the Hebrew word behind it is shema. So shema means to obey. It means to hear and then act out. And we've talked about that before, this Jewish idea of hearing. Because shema literally encompasses both what goes in your head and what results in the actions. So in the Hebrew, saying to have ears to hear means you respond in obedience. Because if you don't obey, then you do not have the ears to hear. We see Jesus use that phrase in, in, in the New Testament, in the Gospels. We see Jesus use that phrase in the Sermon on the Mount, where he talks about having ears to hear. Other places he talks about having ears, they do not hear. Now, the Shema also has a very deep meaning for, for, uh, for Jews. It is the name of the prayer that has been recited by observant Jews for thousands of years, including Jesus. And it begins in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 5, where it says, Hear, O Israel, there it is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. The Shema was a daily recommitment to love God and a dedication to obeying Him and doing His will. And so the first word of the Shema, hear, O Israel, isn't just about hearing. It means take heed. It means listen and respond Think about this and act accordingly. It is a call to live out your love for God with every part of your being. And so we have that progression in Hebrew from this word. Hearing, and then it's listening, and then it's understanding, and then it's doing. And we are called to consider that as we are called to hear the word of God. We're called to become good hearers who listen to the word and allow it to work in our lives, we understand it, and then we act it out, we respond accordingly. Not a message, just a thought.